Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for being here today. It's a brand new week of bringing clarity to the chaos with Michael Youssef, Larry Spargimino, and Greg Patton. A new week means new resources, new books and DVDs designed to strengthen and encourage your faith, to help make sense of the world around you. Our website, swrc.com, now has over 800 items. New items are being added almost every day. swrc.com. Resources by Michael Youssef, Terry James, Tom Horn, J.R. Church, Michael Hoggard, James Collins, Dr. Kenneth Hill, and many, many more. Hundreds of books and DVDs right there for you, your Sunday school, homeschool, or small group, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. We're able to be here each day because of your prayers and financial support. When you purchase a book or DVD, you're helping us spread the truth that God is still on the throne and prayer changes things. Thank you. Chaos all around us, turmoil, strife, and fear. Today, our host, Dr. Larry Spargimino, welcomes pastor and author Michael Youssef to the program to look at the seven-step path to restore a world gone mad. Indeed, we are under siege. The battle rages. If you have felt that the principles and precepts of biblical Christianity are being trashed, you are not the only one who feels that way. But there is hope. Our guest for this broadcast and the next is Dr. Michael Youssef. He is the host of the popular TV and radio broadcast, Leading the Way. We'll be talking about his new book, Hope for the Present Crisis, The Seven-Step Path for Restoring a World Gone Mad. Dr. Youssef, thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be with you, Larry. What a joy and a delight to know. And I know of your ministry, of course, for many years. And thank God for Southwest. And we pray that God will keep using you. Amen. Amen. I know he's using you, and and that's so exciting for me. But you were raised in Egypt, and you came to love America. You talk about checking books out of the local library in Egypt, books on America. And you were concerned that the state security agency might interrogate you about your interest in America. Now, there are so many young Americans who have come to hate America. So, Dr. Youssef, what did you find about America that was so attractive? If you permit me, first, I have said this repeatedly that for those who hate America and don't appreciate America, I would be willing to go out and raise money for a one-way ticket for them to go to Tehran, Iran, or Caracas, Venezuela, or North Korea. This is the ludicrous thing that we have been so spoiled in this country, and I teach my grandchildren that now because it's very important for me to pass that baton for them to understand that the grandfather was living under socialist dictatorship where I had no freedom to say anything. I could be arrested. In fact, everything was monitored. Everybody was monitored. Even family conversation 
was monitored. I mean, just think Nazism and you get close to the picture because the dictator would turn people against each other and they can spy on each other. So living under this kind of horrific lifestyle, the first 18 years of my life, and I would go and read about the freedom in America and the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment and all these things I would read about. Sometimes I'd start reading some of the Federalist Papers and I would read and how they came after a great deal of deliberation and prayer to have this great experiment that is truly unique in the world. Not even Western democracies in Europe and England and Australia where I've lived and went to school there in the early 70s, late 60s. It's just nothing like America. And so I wrote the book, Hopeful, This Present Crisis, A, to show what the crisis is. And the crisis is a crisis of confidence in the truth. And once the truth is destroyed or muddied or clouded, that we're all in trouble, we're all in the mud, and then we're going to basically be heading for the abyss together. So I show seven things that we can do to restore And as I said, one of the things I do, I talk to my grandchildren. I'm passing on to them the understanding of the value of America. Now, I know I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. Look, I'm 72, so I'll be 73 this year. So I'm heading for heaven. I know that's where my citizenship is. And people always say, well, you're focusing so much on America. Why don't you talk about heaven? Are you kidding? I've written books on heaven. (laughs) I love heaven. It's my everyday conversation with the Lord. And I tell him, if this is my day, I'm ready. I've got my bags packed. I'm ready for heaven. But at the same time, just like the Lord told the exiles in Babylon, He said, you flourish and serve me in Babylon. We are to serve the Lord in this country where He placed us and that we value it. Because somebody said it was God chose Israel, but America chose God. And when we chose God, and you see that very clearly in the the early writings, we need to instruct the next generation, lest they forget. It will be like in the book of Judges, that the generation had arisen that did not know the Lord, and everybody was doing what is right in their own eyes. And then we're going to end up in a dark ages like the days of the Judges or the medieval times. You speak about Egypt. I pastor a Chinese church, mostly Chinese. Most of them have come from China, and they just love America. And I think of all the rich white kids that I see burning down buildings in America. They need to, maybe you would buy them a one-way ticket to Beijing. There you go. That's (laughs) another place I haven't thought about. (laughs) Or Pyongyang. Yeah, I guess you mentioned North Korea, but it's such a tragedy. But you know, Those who are woke fight against the existence of objective truth. You cite James Lindsay, who's a mathematics professor from Portland. He was in a Twitter war with woke radicals who insisted that 2 plus 2 equals 4 is not objective fact, but they insist it's a cultural notion resulting from Western imperialism. How do we deal with people like this? It seems to me like there needs to be a certain level of rationality for any discourse, for any negotiation. What's your wisdom on that? Well, my wisdom is that instead of being woke, wake up. (laughs) (laughs) Wake up to realities. Wake up to facts. Wake up to how we got here and why we got here. And that's what I show in the book, this whole thing of critical race 
theory. You already said, I was born in Africa, so I can speak freely. But this idea that the world is made of people victimized and people who are exercising power over them and all of that stuff, and there's no in-between, it is basically a Marxist ideology who Karl Marx and Engel basically took from a philosophical theory from Kierkegaard and about thesis and antithesis. And the idea is, if you drive a wedge, if you create a division, and of course in the Marxist time, it was between the proletariat and the bourgeoisies, you see, and he said, well, if we keep hammering away and create that division, and there will be a total collapse, and then on the collapse, we can build our utopia, the revolution. Then, Howard Zinn, who wrote the book Critical Race Theory, he called it History of the American People, he basically borrowed that from Marxism. And he said, if we create this wedge between the two races, between the blacks and the whites, between the women and the men, any division we can create, which is, of course, we all know who's the author of division, Satan himself. And he said, if we create that division, we bring a destruction to American democracy as we know it, and then we build a utopia. We build a utopia on a bunch of lazy people sitting in the streets trying to loot shops and steal their stuff. And that's really where the unrealism has to fall apart as we explain this to people. I think the civil rights movement has gone so far in the wrong direction. I like to read about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and I've interviewed his niece, Alveda King. And one of the things that Dr. King insisted on when they were planning a peaceful protest, and all the protests were peaceful. He was a pastor. His brother was a pastor. But one of the things he insisted on is that there be personal self-purification. You know, he said, we have to make sure we have a case. We have to make sure there's injustice. Then we have to negotiate. But then he said, we have to look within. We have to look for our blind spots. Now, I think the BLM movement, they're not going to look for any blind spots. They don't think they have any blind spots. And that's a oh, tragedy. No, no, no. They're not civil rights movement. Yes. I think some of the friends I know who came through the civil rights movement would disavow them because they are basically trying to destroy patriarchy. They want to destroy the family. They're pro-homosexuals. So, so many of our beloved brothers and sisters in Christ in the African-American community would absolutely frown on that. They would not be part of that. They would be ashamed to be even associated with them. That's what we need to understand. It's just like tolerance. Tolerance is a beautiful thing. We love everybody, but they stole that and made it their own. So a person who takes a biblical stand, then you're intolerant, and that's your biggest sin. That's the same with the sentence of black lives matter. Of course black lives matter, but every life matters. But they took that, and who doesn't want, or oh, he does not believe that black lives matter? Of course, we all believe that, absolutely. But they stole that idea, that word, the beautiful word, and then they build a sinister, sinister system. And as you know, probably seen in the press, the founder of the Black Lives Matter, she went and bought a $4 million home in one of the most expensive areas in Los Angeles. And they talk about equality and social justice, and those people are for themselves. They're not like Dr. King and his brother and those decent people who have marched and really wanted to see a genuine equality, which, and they lived and died for. No, no, no. There's no relationship between those two groups. Absolutely. Well, 
We certainly need courage. This is a time where we are being challenged. You write about Florida pastor Ken Witten and his daughter Tara. My, that was a wonderful, courageous young lady. And one of the principles of the family is that they would never watch an R-rated movie. And Tara was very courageous. She stuck by her principles. It was assigned to her. She refused to do the assignment. Instead, she wrote a paper on Proverbs 31, and she received an A for the assignment. So courage does pay. Absolutely. And that is, I mean, literally, if you ask me why I wrote this book, I said, it is time for somebody to write a truthful book about the situation. And then there were actually a number of amazing stories like this that my assistant and I were kind of working on as we were doing our research, and we had to be selective. But we know, in the end, here's the promise of God. Those who honor me, says the Lord, I will honor. Not I may, but I will honor. And so if you look beyond the current circumstances and you trust God, he will honor you. If you honor him and you stand firm and you stand strong, the Lord will honor you in the long run and you will see great things. So I wanted senior high school students, college students to read this book. I wanted parents to give it to their students to read so they don't get sucked in by these falsehoods in high school and colleges. Yes. You point out the importance of the family, and I agree with you 110%. And you cite a study by the Heritage Foundation. It found that high-crime neighborhoods are densely populated by fatherless families. They concluded also that the rate of violent crime committed by teens corresponds to the number of families without fathers. And there are several other things. I know your church, you're very strong in supporting families. We have some wonderful families in our church. It's such a tragedy. I think when the family goes, the nation goes, and the country goes, and that's what we're seeing today. Exactly. Family is God's idea. (laughs) It wasn't man's idea. It wasn't just, oh, you know, it's a good idea to have a family, have a husband and wife, a father and a mother and children. That was God's idea. He said man should leave of his father and mother, and cleave to his wife. And then he said, go and multiply. That's the family. But now, everybody can be a family. Two men can be a family. Two women can be a family. A whole group of people can be a family. We remember some very famous lady many years ago wrote a book called It Takes a Village. And I would say, what if that village is a godless village? It's going to produce godless children. And so we need to constantly hammer away from the pulpit, those of us in the pulpits, never shy away, or never say, oh, we're going to offend the homosexuals who are going to come to our churches. You're not offending them when you tell them what the Bible said, you tell them what the Scripture said. And if they weren't offended, that's their choice. But in order to say, we need to attract the sinners to come, well, okay, attract them to do what? You want to attract them to come and repent of their sins and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and to become good citizens for this country, and they become good citizens of heaven who believe in the return of the Lord, that, that, that we are living in the in times, and the Lord is around the corner, and we need to live soberly. We live as men and women who anticipating that the Lord is coming back, and we're going to be judged on every idle word that we have spoken. That's what the church is all about. 
You are very courageous in preaching that kind of a message. Generally, we hear of megachurches being a lot of fluff, but your church is certainly large. Praise the Lord for that. But there's no fluff. There's preaching on repentance, confession, getting saved, living according to the Word of God. So you're a real inspiration because I know so many people say, well, just another mega church. But praise God for your church, Church of the Apostles. It's growing, and you preach the whole counsel of God. Amen. Well, I've been at it for 34 years. I'm also preparing the next generation. My son, Jonathan, is now preaching in one service. I preach in the other. And as he is developing to be a fabulous expositor of the Word of God, he's an expository preacher. So I'm preparing the next generation. If the Lord tarries, then we're going to have another runway, hopefully 30, 40 years. And if he calls me to glory any time. So I'm also focusing not just on now, although I never realized that (laughs) when I get to my early 70s, the urgency is going to be far greater than when I was in my 40s. But nonetheless, I also believe in training the next generation and equip them and train them and send them on and make sure that they are able to stand on their feet so that they will withstand all the storms that they're going to face. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Yusuf, thank you for this interview, and uh, we're looking forward to having you back with us on our next broadcast. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it. Pastor Larry and Michael Youssef will return tomorrow to conclude their conversation about how to have hope in the midst of our present-day crisis. Get your copy of their complete two-day conversation by calling one 800 652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online swrc.com. Quick reminder that the Fall Prophecy Conference in Columbus, Ohio has been canceled. It's now going to be an online conference. Still the same great speakers, just online. Billy Crone, Bill Federer, Greg Patton, James Collins, Larry Stamm, Dr. Kenneth Hill, and our very own Larry Spargimino. You can watch all the sessions when you want, as often as you want, from the comfort of your home. Register today for our Fall Virtual Prophecy Conference, swrc.com, and click on Conferences. Or you can register by calling 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144, or online, swrc.com. Have you signed up for our brand new email newsletters? These newsletters are going out to thousands of inboxes every week with the latest information on current events in Bible prophecy and special video messages from our speakers. Get these email newsletters free of charge and stay informed. Sign up at swrc.com or simply call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. Greg Patton is a busy guy. Greg has a brand new book entitled Invisible War on the Saints coming out next month. He's a featured speaker at our online fall prophecy conference, and he's the host of the segment Living in Today's World. We appreciate Greg Patton. We appreciate his teaching and the insight he brings. Now, here is Greg Patton with today's Living in Today's World. When I got saved, my whole life, since 12 years of age, has been spent in the media. 
radio and television and all of that. That was going to be my future. I really had a dream. I love Johnny Carson. My goal was to do radio, step up in the market, get to New York or L.A., have high ratings there, somehow work into television, and be a talk show host. I have done that, by the way. I have done talk shows on both radio and television, locally, regionally, and around the country. So I've got some experience in it, but I just always wanted to entertain people. So when I got saved, here I am a top disc jockey. What in the world do you do if you're not going to be a disc jockey? I just felt that it was all wrong. The things that I talked about on the air, rather risque, certainly couldn't be God-honoring. And the music I was playing, I definitely knew that was a problem. Now what do you do? I just resigned, gave two weeks' notice, and out the door we went. Now what do I do? I tried selling some life insurance for a company and was very successful. I've actually led the tri-state area there in seven different areas of sales, but I didn't like that really at all. I'm not a good salesman. Well, maybe it was just insurance. I like cars. There's this company going to start over from scratch. You had to have no experience whatsoever in car sales, and they were going to train you. An advertising exec, a hospital ground superintendent, and a former disc jockey all came to be selected to be new car salesmen for this Volkswagen dealership. And so we went through all the training, and I'm ready to get rich. I'm out of the media business, and I'm into car sales. I was very bad at car sales, (laughs) I got to tell you. Everything just seemed wrong. And even though I was a Christian, it's still a lot of the old me was still there. One of the things they did is gave us the names of anyone who had bought a car with this company in the last few weeks or years, and we had to call them and see if they wanted a new car. Oh, I hated that. In fact, I faked it. Can you believe this? What are we doing here? At one point, I'm on the phone. I really wasn't acting like I was talking to someone saying, so you think there's a chance you'll be in this Saturday and I can just show you our new line? And my goodness, the general manager walked by. They had had some phone problems here before my getting there that day. And the very phone that I was talking with was unplugged, and he saw it not plugged into the wall. I don't know if there's been a time that I've been more embarrassed in my entire life. He said, what are you doing, man? And I said, you know what? I really don't know here, but I have a feeling car sales are not for me because I have been at this 30 days, and if it wasn't for my immediate sales manager here, that one car that I did sell would not have been sold. People hear me talk, etc., and I have spoken before, armies of people before think that that makes you an automatic salesperson. It does not. I believe salespeople have a real gift. I mean, good ones, Christian ones. Really, you have to have a gift in talking with people. My wife, who never sold a thing in her life, was in a very similar position. She went to work for a furniture company. She had never sold anything. I said, you're going to be just like me in car sales. That's not going to work. You've never done that. Boy, did she show me up in no time at all. And here's a woman that's in her 50s, time to retire. She led that store in furniture sales. This company is a national company out of Denver, Colorado, and here she is in Fort Wayne setting all kinds of records and her first year in. She is the number one salespeople of furniture for this company in America. 
Well, bless her little heart. <laughs> I wonder if that was something that somehow God used to really propel her forward, me telling her she couldn't do it. That's all it took. She became number one. I remember the wonderful cruise we took to the Caribbean as a result of that victory and the big dinner they held in her honor out in Denver. And guess what? The next three out of four years, she was the number one salesperson for this company in America. I actually got tired of cruises. I mean, it was that good. Over a million and a half every year in furniture sales. You just never know, my friend. So you do what you're good at. You got a spiritual gift the moment you were saved, but God has given you talents. And now that you're a Christian, you should be doing whatever you do very well for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jump on top of that, my friend, and realize God is with you. You and God, that makes a majority, my friend, and he has things for you to do. That's why you're saved. When he made you, he broke the mold. If you're one of those rarities in life that knows Jesus Christ as Savior, and you're heading down that narrow path to heaven, use everything God's given you for his honor and glory. There are thousands of stories living in today's world. This has been one. All of us at Watchmen on the Wall are eager for the brand new book by Greg Patton, Invisible War on the Saints. This powerful book will look at how, through Scripture, a person can have victory over the demonic forces that are all around us today. Make sure you stay tuned for your opportunity to get this important book. Today in our Resource Center, we have Michael Youssef's new book, Hope for This Present Crisis. Our culture has lost its mind. Now we're waging a bigger fight, a war for our soul. We're under siege, and the war is not from without, it's from within. The collapse of the Roman Empire occurred in a single generation and was not so much the result of invasions by their enemies, but the result of moral decay and internal corruption. Similar patterns are emerging in America. We neglected or abandoned our traditional institutions long ago, but now it's time to take them back. Today, forces are at work to strip the principles and precepts of faith from public venues or minimize their significance. Many progressive leaders are convinced that when Christianity disintegrates, it will create peace on earth. But the loss of our heritage will merely create a spiritual vacuum that will be filled with folly, crammed with chaos, or invaded by Islam. The reality is Western civilization will become so decadent and reckless that America will collapse like a house of cards. In hope for this present crisis, Michael Youssef provides a diagnosis of the insanity of the current culture and a seven-step prescription for restoring sanity to a world gone mad. This book will teach you how to stand up to attacks on your faith and defend Christianity as a meaningful contribution to society. Get your copy of Hope for This Present Crisis by Michael Youssef for a gift of $25 or more when you call toll-free 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. You can also order online, swrc.com. That's swrc.com. Tomorrow, Michael Youssef will continue to lay out his prescription for restoring sanity to a world gone mad. You can now listen to insightful interviews, 
current events from a biblical perspective, and prophecy that helps you bring clarity to the chaos. Subscribe today to both of our podcasts, Watchmen on the Wall and our brand new podcast, In the Beacon's Light. You can get these podcasts wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.